welcome back to the Culture Clarity Podcast, where we talk about and confront stigmas and assumptions about Mexican culture. I am your host, Daniela Guerrero, and today we will be talking about my story, not yours. I cannot believe that it's already my fourth podcast. My fifth podcast, I don't want to spoil it already, but I already have the name of my very special and very important guest. So stay tuned for my last episode. The title of my podcast today is My Story, Not Yours. And the reason why I came up with this is that a lot of my listeners have been really wanted to listen to more of my side of my, my story and like my journey through my identity, my culture. So I said, why not a perfect time to do it for my fourth episode? The sections for today are the beginning, pre-realization, the realization, and an interview from our friends. Ashley and Arlie from Under the Bed. I was born on May 23rd, 2006 at 7.14 a.m. I'm a Gemini and I'm not very into astrology, but if you would like to email me and inform me on that, please do. Because the only thing I do know about it is that Geminis are technically not good people or something along those lines. So if you would like to inform me, please do. And fun fact, I was actually not born in Jordan. I was born in another town, but my parents wanted to live somewhere smaller and with a much calmer environment. So we ended up moving here to Jordan. Family has like always been a big part of my life. So my family consists of my mom, Arlette my dad Daniel and if you're wondering I was technically not named after my dad my mom said that when she was younger she used to play with her dolls and she would name them Daniela but it was just a coincidence that she ended up marrying a man named Daniel <laughs> then we have my human sisters Gabriela and she's 14 she's a freshman this year Amanda she is seven and she's in second grade and my canine sisters we have Lola she's a short hair pointer and then we have Princesa. We call her Chech. She's our beagle because she just looks like Chech. <laughs> when thinking about things to say about my family, the first thing that came to my mind was the little sentences slash mm, words of motivation, I guess I could say, that my mom has always told me like since I can remember. So some of these things, I have three written down and two of them she always says in Spanish and then one of them she always says in English. So the first one is, no hagas algo si no lo vas a hacer bien, which translate over to don't do something if you won't do it right. The second one, el perezoso trabaja dos veces, which means the lazy one works twice. And then the last one, whatever you do, make me proud. And growing up with my mom always saying these things to me, I think impacted me so much. And like, in my opinion, I think that's why I'm a mama's girl. Like, sorry to my dad, but I definitely am a mama's girl. Like, I love my mom. From a very young age, I've always loved helping people and I know that can sound kind of cringy but I was about like six or seven I want to say when I started volunteering at an organization in Shakopee called Mikasa and I did so many things with them the program offers so many good things to the community they have like food distributions toy drive I volunteered at a soccer program and then when I got older I worked for them and then same with the summer I volunteered with them for summer school or like a summer school program that they had and then I later on uh worked for them and like as a result of you know always participating with you, as a result of always participating with them I feel like I I had gained the mentality of helping people and having empathy towards people in need as I got older you know it later evolved into 
volunteering with the Scott County Library. For instance, I was in with the Readmobile, and if you don't know what that is, if you're not around the Scott County area, it's basically a library on wheels, and kids can just go in this bus, you know, and grab books and multiple different languages, and then sometimes we'll provide snacks or like uh, food to go bags for kids in need. And then I also did Summer Spotlight, which provides activities for kids to do at the local library. And I also did other things, but we will talk about that later in this episode. School for me hasn't always been my favorite. And I know this might be surprising for some of my teachers or just people listening who know me, but I want to say from like first to through second grade, I really hated going to school because English was not my first language. I learned to speak Spanish before I spoke English, but by the time I got into school, I don't think it was at a level where I needed to be put in these classes. I always felt like those classes weren't for me, so I hated going to school because I'm like, I don't need this. Why do I want to do this? But, you know, as I got older and I got taken out of these classes, you know, my love for learning like ultimately grew. Elementary here in Jordan was so much fun. Even though I was only able to be here for a year, I loved it so much. You know, I still remember my first day of school, like how everyone acted. I remember I wore like blue jeans and this like purple pinkish shirt and it had like a bunny cheerleader on it. Like I had so much fun. And then it was also the first time that I ever won an award. I don't really remember what the award was called, but I do know that I had to go to the Mall of America for this like whole ceremony thing. And they had like merch and they gave me like a flyer with my name on it. And it was just so much fun. Elementary school is not forever. So I had to go to the middle school for fifth grade. I was very involved in middle school. My mom would always joke around that the only thing left for me to do was to clean up the school with the janitor. And sometimes I do believe that's true. So I did like crossing guard and I also participated in student council where I got the opportunity to work with Laurie Schmidt. And she was just very impactful to me. I also did the uh, DLC, which is diversity leadership crew with Sarah Miller and Malik Pierre. And we did Harambe, and that's basically like a ceremony where we acknowledge each other, you know, we celebrate our successes, our losses, and we just all came together to have a good time. And then I was also a web leader. I don't remember what that meant, but I do remember that we helped like the younger kids transition into middle school. And then I also started playing softball in seventh grade. And let me tell you, my journey through softball has been a whole lot but we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later. Middle school, in my opinion, is a time where people are just changing in so many different ways, whether this be physically, you know, hormonally, like people are just all over the place, academically, you know, switching classes each hour, harder classes. It was just not a good time for people, in my opinion. And back in the day, I had a group of people that I surrounded myself with that didn't have the same values that I wanted to hold myself to. And, you know, sometimes it just got to a point where I wasn't able to be myself around them. And I would hide, like, parts of me that they didn't like. And I kind of want to give a quick disclaimer. This is my story. I'm not saying that this reflects on the school or the people, but this is my personal experience. And unfortunately, it was also during this time where I started facing prejudice. You know, people would comment on my supposed accent, which I don't think I've ever had you know, the color of my skin. And like people would even comment on my family and like things I just can't control. And, you know, I I ultimately started hating myself, my culture, you know, because I just couldn't understand why being the way I looked like was so bad. And so when I was struggling with my mental health, you know, finding who I was and trying to just battle middle school, COVID hit. 
and I remember exactly where I was. So I was in the seventh and eighth grade pod, and I was in a table with some friends. And I remember the principal getting on the speakers, and they're like, "Well, we don't know when we'll be back, but just pack everything you need to do school, and we'll see what happens." So I remember I emptied out everything from my locker that day. I took everything I needed to do my homework. And I left that school that day. And then I remember the bus ride home. I was like, yeah, this is so dumb. Like, we'll be back in like two weeks. Well, we all know how that story ended. And I ended up not finishing my eighth grade year. And we went into high school. And I understand everyone was so confused. And times are very uncertain. But like I said before, I was struggling with my mental health. And now I like during COVID, it was at an all time low. And then freshman year started. And it picked up where it left off, to be honest, like, and if not, like, it got worse. And if I'm being so honest, if I heard myself talking about this in middle school, or even freshman year, I'd be like, Daniela, you're crazy. But you know, as I've gotten older, and realized the importance of being real with yourself, and being able to create connections for other people, it's, it's just so impactful. I failed most of my classes freshman year, I hated school, because I felt so hopeless. I was like, yeah, if I can't, do this one assignment, I can't even pass the class, like, you know, and I just felt so terrible, and it was also during this time where I started having suicidal thoughts, and like I said before, it, it's very important to be aware that it's okay to talk about these things, and that you're not alone, and then it was also during this time where it was, like, the election year, my freshman year, it was, like, the whole uh, Trump and Joe Biden scandal. So people, you know, as they get older, they have more opinion, more and more things to say, in my opinion. I just did not enjoy anything about school. I really struggled with my mental health. Freshman year, you know, it was just the worst. <laughs> but it wasn't until one day I had my realization. The biggest piece of advice that I could give anyone listening whether if you're a person of color, if you're not, if you're tall, if you're short, don't care what other people think about you, think or say or do. They are not you. They don't know what you're going through and they will never have any idea of what you're feeling in that moment. And the day that you truly realize that whatever you look like doesn't matter, what matters is what's inside of your heart, what your values are, what your intentions are, is a day that you will ultimately feel much better with yourself, with your situation, and ultimately with your life. Another one of my bigger realizations is that my skin holds so much power. And I'm not just saying for people, people of color, but for everyone. I would also like to recognize the teachers here at the high school. You know, uh, sophomore year was also a hard journey because, you know, having to regain the love of learning, the want to do your homework and do it right, was just so hard and you know having those teachers who pulled me aside and let me know that I was so much more than a grade and that whatever that transcript said did not reflect who I was truly helped me to get out of this slump. So time for the post realization. I'm not saying that my life is perfect now because the best way to put it is that life is life. There's ups, there's downs, but I'm more equipped now with ways to deal with it and stand up for myself and know the type of person that I truly want to become. One of the biggest things that I had to face was academics. Working back on getting good grades, getting a higher GPA, putting more effort into my work was definitely hard for my sophomore year. But as I've gotten older and I've regained the love for learning, 
it's just been so much easier and so rewarding to finally know that what I'm doing is correct. Another thing that I had to overcome was athletics. I haven't always been the most athletic in my life. I started playing softball uh, in seventh grade. And, you know, most of my peers have been playing for years, like since they were born, quite literally. You know, coming to terms with that, it's okay to not be the best player. And I think for the short time that I have been playing, I think I'm pretty good. So freshman year, I got put on C-Squad. Then sophomore year, I also got put on C-Squad. And then for my junior year, I got bumped all the way up to varsity for some reason. And, you know, I ultimately didn't get the playing time that I wanted. And I also understand why. But, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I worked hard every day during practice, even if I was riding bench, you know. And at the end of the season, I ended up getting the, the most improved player award. And, you know, to know that my hard work wasn't unrecognized was just such a nice feeling. And for this upcoming season, I... I'm planning to start hitting the gym probably about now because it's what, end of December, it's almost Christmas and softball season starts in like March. So <laughs> I gotta start hitting the gym. But you know, knowing that it's okay not to be the best. And then one of the biggest highlights of my junior year, and I probably wanna say my life so far, is my decision for running for the Miss Jordan Ambassador Program. And I know I talked about it in one of my podcasts before this, but I kinda wanna get into a deeper dive. The first time I heard about the program, was when the program director, Tara Lembeck, came into our school and told us about the program. And I thought, oh my God, like this is such an amazing opportunity. But I also thought to myself, well, I'm not the person that they want because I have had so many struggles in my life, you know, with mental health, academics, you know, I don't have straight A's. I'm, I'm not the best player on the sports team. I'm not in my head what I thought to be the best person to represent the town. And I remember I was talking to my friends and I'm like, should we do this? Like, if you do it, I'll do it. And so I ended up going to grab a paper. But when it was finally my turn to go grab a paper, they were out of papers. <laughs> and so they sent one of the princesses to go print some copies of the papers. And while I was standing there, I was like talking to her. And I, honestly, I don't even remember what I was thinking. But I do know I was like, is this a sign? Should I do it? Should I not do it? And, you know, I had that paper. We had I think it was like two or three months that we had to turn in the paper and we had to get a sponsor and I really was not sure if I wanted to do it. And I ended up submitting my paper the day before it was due or the day it was due. I, I don't remember. <laughs> but, you know, it, I do remember that it was super last minute. And so, yeah, we, we had the entire summer full of candidacy events. You know, they consisted of coronations, parades, and like community service events. And the more I participated with this program, the more in love I fell with the program because in my head I thought what a perfect way to number one represent an entire community promote volunteerism and ultimately build the self-confidence of many young girls participating in these types of things I had to prepare myself just in case if I didn't get a crown and I reflected on my entire summer and if you were to talk to me before candidacy and after candidacy or compare myself if you were to compare me to before candidacy like I was a completely different person because you learned so many new you know social skills and you know how to talk to strangers in a good way obviously and I was like well you know if I don't get a crown I'm just so grateful that I got participate and you know maybe when I'm older and I have a daughter like she'll 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 be able to run you know and so to earn a crown my coronation was on September 7th and we get judged. We have three. I had three judges. And, you know, they asked you the questions, you know, what type of person you know you are, how would the program benefit from you and vice versa. And one of the biggest things that I really wanted the judges to take away was that I want to set the example, not just for my sisters, but for everyone else who maybe 
feel like things like this aren't meant for them. I wanted people to know that this is, this program can be for everyone and that we can all have the same opportunity no matter who you are. And so we ended up getting judged the like a two weeks before. And, and the day of coronation, we had another surprise judgment. And then coronation day, the ceremony, we had to have a fishbowl question. And I don't remember exactly what my fishbowl question was. But it was something along the lines of like, who would you want to be or something like that. And like the first thing that came to mind, my mind was like my mom. But I also was like, well, I feel like everyone, everyone probably says their mom. So I ended up saying spider. I said like Spider-Man because he's cool or like Spider-Man because he shoots webs. And like I said that. And then as soon as I turned around, I'm like, oh, my God, I just lost. <laughs> and there's four titles in the program. So there is Princess princess miss jordan and the miss congeniality crown and for people who don't know what miss congeniality what that means it's like the girl's girl the nicest girl you're the one with the best personality and that one is voted on your peers so it's the current court who votes and then the candidates who vote on that crown the coronation order goes miss congeniality two princesses and then the miss jordan crown so i was fortunate enough to be crowned miss congeniality first and, you know, when they placed that crown on my head, I was like, you know what? This is good enough. Like, I am so happy. Like, I just wanted to be part of the program because I was like tearing up. I was like, yes, like I get to stay with them for an entire year. They crowned the princess, which is Olivia Vanderside. And then next they had Caitlin Vitston crown and then uh, the Miss Jordan crown. I got crowned Miss Jordan. And when I got that crown placed on my head, like, <laughs> I don't want to say dreams came true because I feel like that's a little too cheesy. But like ultimately, like my dreams came true because I was like, wow, like I, I never thought that anyone like me could could hold a position just like that. And so, you know, the rest of the day was such a whirlwind because I was like, no way I just got crowned. Like, that's crazy. And you know, uh, the time I'm recording this, is what, December? I've been Miss Jordan and Miss Congeniality for about four months now. And like, it's been such a privilege to represent my town Holding myself up to a level where people aspire to be in the program is what I want to be. And for any girls listening who are in Jordan or go to Jordan schools and who are younger than 21 and not married or engaged or not pregnant, <laughs> to truly run for the ambassador program, it is such a wonderful experience. You meet so many new friends from so many other towns that you would have never gotten the opportunity to meet. And the things you learn through with the program is just things that, in my opinion, I don't think I would have ever learned. And so I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I have been given. And, you know, with my reign, I want to show with hard work and dedication that you can achieve anything because I didn't even think I was worthy of the title and well, look where I am now. And so I just want to let people who are interested or maybe aren't interested but could be thinking about it to run because it's so much fun. And then the last thing I wanted to get into was my plans for the future. I applied to University of Minnesota Duluth campus October 31st. And I heard back from them like almost three weeks later and they want to see my first semester transcript. And, you know, I'm working hard to get all A's. I, right now I'm going to be so for real because I like being very transparent with myself. I have all A's except pre-calc. I'm not the best at pre-calc. I have a B plus in it, but, you know, I've been working very hard and, you know, trying to get that up to an A. And so hopefully, knock on wood, uh, I get into UMD. I would love to be an elementary education teacher because, you know, I've always worked with kids and I feel like that comes very natural to me. And, you know, even though the teaching profession doesn't bring in a lot of money, the impact that you leave on kids is what ultimately inspired me to be, want to become an educator. Because if it weren't for the teachers that I had, I wouldn't have been at the level where I am today. And so helping students and helping other people 
the way that people helped me is ultimately the the best feeling and the best way to truly have an impact on other people. I'm here with Ashley and Arlie from Under, Under the, the Bed. Bed. And they're here to share with us a little bit of their story and their journey along finding their identity and their culture. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself and you know, like some of your interests. All right, so um, I'm Arlie. I am a senior in high school at the moment and I do acapella. I'm in theater and yeah, I work at McDonald's. I'm Ashley. I work at Dairy Queen. I'm a senior in high school. I mainly just do things in band. I play all the all of the saxes and I dabble in art quite a bit. What type of art? What do you like doing? I draw portraits. I draw graphite faces. Ooh, that's fun. And like how would you like what do, what are you guys' plans after high school? What do you what do you guys I want to do? plan to go to beauty school. Mm-hmm. I'm plan on going to a four-year college. I'm not really sure what I'm going to major in, though. So. And undecided, though? Undecided. Yeah, that's what's yeah. up. As, as, least, as, as long as you still want to, like, continue studying and, you know, like, wanting to get higher education, that's good. And then, like, what would you, how would you guys describe your, like, beginning years, like, from since you were born to right about, like, middle school? It was very, like, I don't know, it was kind of awkward, because, okay, so English wasn't my first language, mm-hmm. so... Um, learning English throughout, like, elementary, it was kind of rough. Because I remember they would tell us rules on stuff we couldn't do on homework, and I wouldn't understand, so I'd break the rules, and they uh-huh. would get mad at me. And I was like, why are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like, I don't know, it was rough. But then I got the hang of it, because my sister, she helped me a lot learning English, because she didn't want me to struggle, like, how my sister and my brother struggled, mm-hmm. because they were, like, the first ones in school and without knowing English. So, yeah, she helped me a lot through elementary which is nice yeah i remember elementary school being not too bad and then middle school was kind of it just like felt out of place middle school was not the best time i I would say end of middle school early high school is when things started to get kind of just like it was very apparent that you were unlike the rest Uh of the grade because there's like 10 of us in our grade like hispanics Mm -hmm. and i mean in middle school we were still like growing up and they didn't really mention it very often but in early high school they definitely started to realize that like we were different than them and started to treat us as such mm-hmm. and like when once you're old you start formulating opinions and you start like mm-hmm. making them more apparent to your peers so that's when i feel like i was talked about at the beginning how people just like go into their own like little circles and from their circles create like all these hate mm-hmm. all around the school mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I remember middle school, people would, like, say, like, harsh things, I guess, about Mexicans. But I didn't really, like, I was like, oh, they're just joking. But now looking back at it, I'm like, oh, that was actually really harsh. That was terrible. (laughs) That was terrible. (laughs) Maybe don't say that. But, yeah. And then, like, based on your experiences that you faced in, like, middle school, younger years, like, how do you think that has affected the way, like, that you do things now? I think um, being treated in that sense definitely made me and I don't know about you guys but it made me feel like more like I had like boundaries against me like I couldn't like be myself like Mm -hmm. I was fitting I was trying to fit into them and I tried my best and I couldn't like express anything that I wanted I just needed to like please them in a way (laughs) no yeah that's actually really true 
I agree with that a lot. Like, I remember, oh no, in like <laughs> eighth grade, I remember I would like change the way I dress to like fit everyone else. Yeah. Like, the like visco. Oh, yeah, visco. Oh, and then like, I would like completely like whitewash myself. But I was like, oh, don't do that. You, like, you definitely start to notice. I feel like we just became way more observant of everything. Like, we yeah. noticed what shoes they wore, what clothes they wore, and then mm-hmm. we just like. No, mm-hmm. I remember, like, at least specifically for me, like, I would, like, do my hair the way that they did their hair. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was a time where I, like, straightened my hair, like, every single day. But, like, my hair is already straight. So I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially, I feel like, yeah, in that way, like, when people don't have the same, like, hair texture, they, like, f- I noticed in, like, middle school that they just straighten it every single day. Because I think all of us have straight hair. But, so I, yeah. So it wasn't too bad for us, but. Like, little things like that. Yeah. If you think about it, now that we're older, we're just like, Whoa. yeah. Yeah, it just, I feel like in middle school, we were so young that they were almost like the things they were saying to us were jokes. And then in high school, they became like not. Yeah. Like real. all of a sudden, like very suddenly, I was like, oh, they like mean what they're saying. Yeah. And do you think like COVID had an effect on like how quickly everything changed? Definitely. <laughs> but I, okay, because I don't know. I just remember, I can't really explain like how it changed. I just remember like, one second it was like middle school or like just joking around then like once we got back to like high school everyone was just like different different it was like two separate separate groups and it was so like aggressive against mm-hmm. each other and, and i so remember cool. our freshman year was also the the uh, during election time that was like yeah that's you know, what i was just about to bring up i was like i don't i don't i wouldn't say it was covid honestly i would say it was well uh, the a election bit, yeah. mainly mm-hmm. but also just like being so closed off kind of they just feed off of each other no, yeah, I agree. Is there, like, anything else that you guys want to share along the lines of, like, impact you want to leave on the younger people at your school or, like, younger people that you are in contact in your life? Just, like, don't let other people, like, I guess change your culture. Because it's, like, be, like, proud of your culture. Like, I'm really proud of my culture now. Like, I talked about it with my friend before. I was like, I love my culture. Like, it's so fun. But it's, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't express it as much in middle school, and you should express that. Mm-hmm. So. What about you, Ashley? I would say I just recommend, honestly, just staying alone for a while. Like, you don't need a huge group of friends. You don't need to, like, please everyone. Just, like, figure out yourself at a really young age, and people will gravitate towards you. You might not think so, but they will. And you just, like, don't worry about, like, being popular or anything. Just form your own opinions. Form, like, form yourself, and then people will just come to you. People who will actually like you instead of just people who want a lot of friends i like that thank you so much where can we listen to your guys's podcast jhs creative communications on youtube and we're under the bed thank you on this episode of culture clarity we talked about my story not yours we also had a conversation with my dear friends ashley and arlie from under the bed please email me with any questions about the jordan ambassador program or if you just want to know more about my story Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Culture Clarity. For more episodes, follow the JHS Creative Communications on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite podcast provider. See you there.